The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and WadenaRadio.com. It is the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, January 26th. My name is CJ Baumgartner. Corey Tackman joining me on this Friday edition. And, Corey, we have a guest. It's Staples Motley Activities Director Josh Lee joining us on the Morning Sports Desk. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Great. Hey, Josh, let's just dive right into it uh, uh, with this winter sports stuff. Uh, let's go back throughout the week. We're going to talk about a girls basketball game tonight here, too. But um, I know something special happened with the with the wrestling program uh, and that tight knit wrestling community. Can you break that down a little bit for us and tell us what happened with Cardinal Wrestling? Yeah, it uh, kind of twofold uh, last weekend um, started on on Friday. We uh, headed over to Aiken and uh, the the team wrestled really, really well for the Mid-State Conference Championship and uh, ended up taking that home um, on, on Friday there. And um, as we transition out of the Mid-State and the Mid-State kind of dissolves here, it's the last uh, last championship go around. So um, really cool to have that one um, in our pocket there. And then on Saturday, our ninth grade and under team uh, went down to Mora and wrestled in the ninth grade under state um, duels down there and um, had a had a great showing and actually ended up walk, walking away with the championship there too, beating SDMA in the in the final round. So a huge win for that younger group as well, which just kind of shows where where the program's at and where it's headed. You know, we're only a couple out now from from section wrestling. It's been a great year for Cardinal Wrestling. It's loaded that section this year, isn't it? The section is loaded. Whoever comes out of that section <laughs> uh, for team or individuals is going to be ready to compete down at the state at a very high level. Um, I think there's there's three or four state ranked teams um, in the top ten coming out of section seven. So um, and then individually individually there's there's a bunch of state raking so um yeah it's going to be a great test for for our kids both on a team and individual basis yeah and you know switching gears here let's talk a little uh, boys basketball how's the team been looking this year and just kind of what's your uh, what's your perspective from the activities director yeah they're um they're a really fun group to watch they're young uh we don't have a senior on the team uh so we're starting sophomores and juniors and they've really bonded together here this year um, Zach Wall, our, our head coach, first year head coach is doing a great job with them. And, um, so they're, they're competitive in, in all of their games and, um, competing at a high level. Um, you know, I, they have aspirations for where they want to be at, at kind of section time. And, um, you know, they're putting themselves in a really good spot to, to put up a fight and then, um, really build for, uh, the years to come. Yeah, you know, when you see those first-year head coaches, it's always, you know, the the buy-in is always the the right word. But what's it been like seeing those kids and that uh, kind of relationship with head coach and uh, athlete? Yeah, it's been it's been really seamless. Um, the kids have bought into to what he's trying to do. Um, he brought some unique things uh, to to do from a scheme uh, stance, and um, the kids have bought in, and it's working. And um, it's, it's just been fun to see kind of that, that team grow a lot and, and mature a lot over the season. 
we moved to the girls basketball side of things. Another first year head coach and in, in Kelsey Tyrrell, uh, a part of the grew up in the, in the Cardinal program. I think, I believe she was on that last good section championship team that the Cardinals had, you know, ran into that buzzsaw, uh, Roseau Rams team and yep. whatever year that was, but how about first year for, uh, for coach Tyrrell and the girls basketball program? Yeah. Uh, very similar. They do. They have a couple of, of seniors on the team that provide some good experience and leadership. Um, it's it's another growth year for them. Um, they they have seen a lot of success in, in just a lot of the little things that have been missing from the program over the last uh, handful of years. And so um, we've got a young group uh, there, too, that's kind of ready to step in and, and really build with Kelsey. And um, she's doing a really nice job just kind of um, you know, weathering, weathering some storms here. They've got a pretty tough schedule here, um, especially their next couple games coming up. And so um, it's just about building and growing and putting themselves in, in a position late to, to have some success or, or make a little run. We uh, speaking of that tough schedule, it, it starts I know tonight uh, with Crosby Ironton in town. We're going to have that game uh, on the air. It'll be on uh, AM fourteen thirty and ninety eight point five FM. The fan that gymnasium in Staples has seen a lot of great basketball players throughout the years. You're going to see another one tonight. Yeah, um, you know Crosby comes to town and the conversation automatically uh, turns to Tori, and um, she is a heck of a basketball player and and just a really fun um, athlete to watch compete. And so, um, you know, it's it's going to be fun to have them in our gym, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm not necessarily wishing her a ton of success. So, um, but I know she's on the cusp of uh, some pretty monumental achievements as well. And so um, just another good mid-state matchup for for our girls and um, fun to have a player of that caliber coming into the gym. If the math is correct, I believe she's 42 away from 3,000. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I was texting uh, Clay, their AD, this morning and, and the fact that we're even having a conversation about a high school player of like, she's 42 points away from 3000. Yeah. Could happen. Like that's very real. She's <laughs> averaging that. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things and um, you know, congratulations to her. It's a huge milestone and, and all of that. And um, you know, we just hope to be able to contain her. And um, if she doesn't do it here, then I think that's a pretty, pretty big success for us. No doubt. You know, what else is uh, going on at Staples Motley over the winter? Obviously, there's just a whole lot of activities kind of going on at once right now, but we'll kind of give you this opportunity. Fill us in what's uh, what's going on at Staples Motley that you don't want people to miss. Yeah, it's, um, it's a busy season here. You know, we're getting into the end of the basketball wrestling seasons. Um, our speech team has started competing now. We're hosting um, our meet there on uh, the beginning of February here. There's a ton of youth programming that's going on. We've hosted two basketball tournaments. We got a big wrestling tournament coming up in February. So it's just that really busy time of the winter that we've got a lot going on. And then um, you mix in some construction projects and and things just seem to always be buzzing around here. So it's good. It's busy. It's exactly what we want it to be. And i um, looking forward to the successes at the end of the seasons. You know, how fun is it to, to look in that gym when it's the wrestling team or one of the boys or girls basketball teams and that gym is popping and students are there? How fun of an atmosphere is it at Staples Motley? It's awesome. Um, you know, I came in my first year was 
um, fall of 2020. And so uh, my first couple of years here looked very different just from a people not being in the gym or limited spectators. And um, so in my first couple of years, I, I heard a lot about what the gym can look like and the atmosphere and all of those things um, over the last two years. And especially this year, um, I feel like we're really building that atmosphere back up and um, communities coming out to events. Our kids are super involved, um, have been doing a great job supporting their their fellow co- classmates on on the field or uh, on the court or whatever it might be. And so it's really fun to see the gym kind of come back to life after um, a couple of slow years, not due to anything other than just limitations that, that were placed on us. So, um, yeah, last night, gym was super full. Uh, stands were were packed all the way to the ceiling, and and that's what we hope to have going forward. Great stuff, Josh. We appreciate you taking some time with us here yeah, today, absolutely. and uh, and I'll see you tonight at a little girls basketball game. How's that sound? Sounds great. <laughs> all right, thanks. Awesome, Josh, Josh Lee joining us on the morning sports desk, Corey, and uh, you know. Overall, it's just been uh, really cool to get to talk to these ADs and you get to hear yeah. some of these kind of stories and the things that uh, that go on with uh, with getting to do all these check-ins. And it was really cool with Josh getting to talk about that gym kind of filling up and getting to see that experience. It, it's really fun. Well, there have been, uh, in my years here, There's we, we talk about it a lot. Um, there are places that, especially like student sections, do, I think, a really good job of showing up and supporting their friends. Um, I've always felt like the Staples Motley student section has is, is been one of the strongest. I mean, I remember seeing a picture um, earlier this winter. There were 20 Cardinals fans who showed up to watch um, their friends play hockey and Staples Motley uh, co-ops with Wadena Deer Creek. So like, just to go see and hop over and watch your friends play in a different school's uniform, uh, they showed up for that. Uh, going over to Staples at uh, in the past for um, softball games, as you know, spring sports not are notoriously not well attended, um, especially from from other friends. Not that they're involved, whatever. There's, there's lots a lot of going on. Reasons like like Josh said, there's a million reasons for it. But I was at a softball game and there was a section of 15 to 20 Cardinal student sections that were there rooting and, and rousing and, and, and being rowdy for their teammates at a softball game. That just doesn't happen very often. So uh, he's right. When that gym gets going, it's a little different than some of the others. Right. And, you know, you get the it's a little more compact with the bleachers and just the way the crowd gets in. It, it creates a fun atmosphere. It's really, really awesome. So, no doubt. Uh, hey, while we're on the uh, Staples Motley beat, let's just keep hitting that drum. Did you see uh, this was posted like maybe 40 minutes ago, according to Woj and Shams, uh, Dave Yeager is going to be joining Doc Rivers coaching staff as an assistant in Milwaukee. Oh, is that right? That's cool. Yeah. So apparently he was working uh, as a special as like a coaching consultant. He wasn't like. Yeah. He was just kind of in the Cavaliers organization in Cleveland, and he was with Doc Rivers from 2020 to 2023. So last year he was on that staff in Philadelphia. And now basically Doc Rivers is back, and he's going to be back on the sidelines coaching again. And, of course, we know uh, Jaeger was the the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies and was the coach of the Sacramento Kings, and then most recently been that assistant in Philadelphia. It's a, it's really, really cool. My dad is a Staples Motley alum. So to get to hear kind of the stories of of Dave Yeager and the things that he's been able to do is, is really, really cool. 
Yeah, we talked about all the great players that have that have touched the floor in that gymnasium. He is one of them. <laughs> so it's cool to get to see him uh, him get that opportunity, especially you know when you have the story that came out a couple of years ago, him getting diagnosed with cancer and him being able to recover from that and being able to be back on the sidelines again. It's just really really cool. So moving on uh, for our other stuff here, Corey, I have another local note that we need to talk about. If you go, speaking of which, you can find the story about Dave Yeager that we have up on our website at wadinaradio.com. Something else you can find at wadinaradio.com is a story on the Monaga Special uh, Olympics Unified Basketball Teams, because according to the Monaga Facebook page, they are going to the state tournament. In, oh, nice. Uh, this is the official, the state uh, Special Olympics Unified Basketball Teams. They have two teams, according to their Facebook post, that are going. So that's pretty awesome. Congratulations. That's amazing. When Do we know uh, some of the specifics on that and when they're going to be competing? So from what their Facebook post said and what we have on our website is that uh, the state tournament will be held on Thursday, February 15th at the Target Center in Minneapolis. So that's really, really cool. Congratulations. It's awesome. Uh, so moving into our state sports, Corey, the Timberwolves, uh, they get their opportunity to try and uh, win two games in a row. They do. Second night of a back-to-back. It's a little bit ugly towards the end of the stretch. Anthony Edwards um, was 0 for 11 on his last uh, 11 shot attempts. Yeah, 0 for his and- last 11. <laughs> It's not great. Uh, the Wolves nearly implode in the fourth quarter. Their defense stands tall. They only allow 94 points to Brooklyn, uh, but they missed. I can't remember who it was for. Brooklyn, they missed two free throws at the end, and they ended up losing the game. Wow! Um, so as a as like a ode or like poetry to Anthony Edwards missing the final three free throws to tie on Saturday night <laughs> against Oklahoma City. So that time it does bail out the Wolves. Uh, every single uh, high school basketball coach is just screaming, "This is why we make our free throws." Uh, yeah. to all of their students. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, a, they put the word free in front of it for a reason. Right. Come on. <laughs> so they, so they get the win. They've won two in a row. They kind of bounced back a little bit here. They're still number one in the West. Uh, the biggest thing is kind of the Anthony Edwards end of games. And it's kind of live by the fun energy that is, and sort of chaotic energy that is Anthony Edwards and kind of die by the chaotic energy that can be Anthony Edwards. I mean, I don't, I, that's exactly right. There's almost nothing to add to that. There's he's, he is chaotic. The Timberwolves are chaotic. Um, They're chaotic because he's chaotic. And when he's catatonic, they're catatonic. It's just kind of this, like they go as he goes offensively speaking anyway. Right, exactly. And, you know, the cat had a nice game, good bounce back game. There's things that are going on for both those guys. And, you know, there's also something that comes out of this with the Timberwolves is everybody keeps saying because of Rudy's experience in Utah, Rudy Gobert, you know, can that transition into the playoffs? Are they going to be able to do that? But the thing about Rudy Gobert was Rudy Gobert was like the only good defender on that Utah Jazz team. He was their defense. But here you look, Nikel Alexander-Walker can play defense. Mike Conley plays defense. Anthony Edwards plays great on-ball defense. Like, this Wolves team has good defenders around Rudy Gobert, which means he doesn't have to chase around and be the entire thing on the floor. And I think that's the difference because people say this Timberwolves style of basketball with Rudy Gobert based on Utah isn't going to transition into the postseason. And that's still a long ways away. But I think what it goes to show is that there's a chance that this winning formula is good. And I know you've talked about it. Being good on defense is going to help a lot, and it looks like it's sustainable. And and there are some philosophical differences 
to what the Timberwolves are doing defensively than that Utah team. First of all, uh, the Utah team wasn't as good defensively on the perimeter as this Timberwolves team is. And uh, by the way, this is, I'm just regurgitating information I've heard. I'm not smart enough to actually know any of this. One of the things the, that ate up those Utah teams with Gobert is that he was also, he was the rim protector, but he was also the guy they relied on to close out on corner threes. So if teams were patient enough and over the course of a seven game series with one extra pass, they would, you know, on the second to last pass, they would get it into the corner. It was relied, Rudy was relied upon to go and close out on that three. Well, one extra pass, you're getting a bucket underneath because they were not good perimeter defense and help defense and, you know, and all that stuff. This Timberwolves team is considerably better on the perimeter, which is allowing Gobert to do what he does best, which is park his big ass right under the hoop <laughs> and just block shots and just be in the way. Like maybe his block shot numbers, I don't know where they at where they're at historically for his career. But him just being there changes the entire picture. So right. um so yeah I they're gonna be chaotic offensively. Can they continue to be steady defensively? That's going to be the difference for them. They were, they gave what they didn't score 100 points last night and still won. So that's how good they are defensively. Right, exactly. And the Wolves get a little bit of a break here from that back to back. It was the second night of a back to back, too. So for them to win both of those games, even though the competition wasn't great, just for them to get the wins and kind of keep pace in the tough top three, it's the Wolves, the Thunder, and Denver. And I know the Clippers aren't too far behind. That top four for in the NBA is going to be, a, or in the Western Conference, is going to be a dogfight. So it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out with that as the season goes on. Uh, Corey, as we wrap up the sports desk for today, I know we've talked a lot of baseball, but there's one last note I want to tell you about, and this just kind of is more of a, it's more of a comment really than uh, than anything else. But uh, the last version of sleeveless jerseys in Major League Baseball are going away. So oh, the, is that right? So the Colorado Rockies were the last team to have like a sleeveless jersey. So the jersey, it's like a vest and then whatever you wear for that undershirt, yeah. sleeves. The Twins had one from like 2008 and 2009. It didn't last very long, but there's a lot of pictures of Joe Maurer in those uniforms because those were two of the best seasons of his career yeah. in those sleeveless uniforms. People hated them. I didn't mind them at the time. I don't clamor for them back at all. But uh, what do you feel like now that sleeveless jerseys are going by the wayside? Did you ever wear a sleeveless jersey when you played? No, we never had a we never had like like uh, the vest. I know a lot of teams, a lot of high school teams do because the jersey also doubles as like a legion uniform. Right. So they would just uh, a lot of schools. I think actually, Berth Hewitt Verndale was this way. the The school uniform was also the legion uniform, and you yes. would just wear a different T shirt with the patch underneath the vest to now it's your legion uniform um so i know a lot of high schools do it that way no man i don't that was an extra layer like they're they're like they probably weren't they were probably a little heavy i just Mm -hmm. didn't we had we had a real heavy when i was in high school we had a heavy pinstripe um baseball jersey and um we almost always wore even though it was black like a t-shirt it was like a t-shirt jersey basically like a little you know a little couple button up or whatever 
we mm-hmm. were that often because they were they were so light. No, I never had a vest jersey. I uh, they were fine. Whatever everyone was doing them, they were kind of of the style. So I'm sure I liked them. I'm not going to miss them by any means. So yeah, we're probably they're... not far away, by the way, from bringing them back again because everybody's going to a t-shirt style jersey now. Everybody right. like the old school, like Houston Astros, like a pullover Pirates, kind of jersey, like a pullover with the with the stripes, everyone's going to that kind of Jersey, which means we are probably another two seasons away from going back to the vest. Time is a flat circle, you know, I guess so. Uh, So last thing that we need to talk about on the sports desk for today, Jim Harbaugh has officially been named the head coach of the, uh, of the San Diego, San San Diego. The San Diego Superchargers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, he used to play for the Chargers in the 90s. Now he's their head coach in Los Angeles. Um, the The only reason that this is relevant is because, remember, the Vikings passed on him two years ago. Harbaugh yeah. came into that interview expecting to get the job. Allegedly. And like, allegedly. And halfway through kind of realized that the Vikings, not that they weren't interested, but just kind of like the, as the interview went on, he could just kind of tell the like, this probably isn't going to be a thing for me. Allegedly. And I th- allegedly. And I think as the, uh, and I think as the two seasons have gone on, I think the Vikings made the right hire with Kevin O'Connell. There is still a certain faction of the fan base that thinks that Jim Harbaugh was better for like a win now, push it forward kind of team. Do Hard you, to argue. Do you think the Vikings will regret not hiring Jim Harbaugh? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, because I think they would have already, I, this is, this is what I think is important. He's leaving because Michigan's getting some sanctions. <laughs> this is, this is Pete Carroll to Seattle. You know what I mean? Like right. there's definitely some sanctions. Like I, he has used the NFL as, as a pawn in his Michigan job to for, get some raises and for forever. And, um, and, this is a really good opportunity for him. He gets to go work with Herbert. All of that stuff is true. He gets to check the national title off of his belt. If we find out in eight months that nefarious things were happening and Michigan is going to be bowl ineligible for the next five years and playoff ineligible for the next five years, I don't think any of us should be surprised by any of that. Yeah, exactly. And He's leaving because something weird is that. Now that's my conspiracy theory. I don't actually know that of course, but yeah, no, he's he left because he got a chance to go coach Herbert and avoid all the sanctions that he's giving to his new hire. Way to go, dude. We're proud of you. <laughs> right. I think the Vikings made the right choice in Kevin O'Connell and you said it. They would have if the if they should have he's hired been a Jim winner Harbaugh. everywhere. Right. We wouldn't know if Jim Har- we wouldn't know if Kevin O'Connell would be a failure by now. Like an absolute bomb of a coaching hire. And so far he's won 20 games in two seasons, which isn't yeah bad and half of the second season he didn't have his starting quarterback so it's Kevin O'Connell's a good head coach I don't think Jim Harbaugh would have taken this team higher you know what I mean do you think the Vikings would have won a Super Bowl in the last two years with Harbaugh because outside of and Jim Harbaugh is like a three to five year hire you don't it's he's Bill Parcells you don't hire him to be your coach for the next 10 years you know that you have like a three-year window you want to win and by year five everybody wants to murder him in the building like Correct. that's how that's how he is, and that's fine. The difference is, is the Chargers might win a Super Bowl in the next three to five years. Right. So you know they have that quarterback. If they just hit a few defensive picks right, they're in a really good spot. Are you willing to burn the whole thing down six years from now to win a Super Bowl it, before then? 
Yeah, Why kind not? of. <laughs> Go for it. I think I probably would. I don't know. No, regret's too strong of a word. And and right. you just you just never know. But um, I'm not sad. I'm not sad he didn't get hired. You know, Jim Harbaugh and uh, 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 Sean Payton in the same division is going to make for pure comedy. They're going to kill each other. They will kill each other. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for today's episode of the Morning Sports Desk. Thanks again to uh, Josh Lee for taking the time to come in and talk with us and, and uh, give us that uh, insight on Staples Motley Athletics. We'll be back on Monday on the Morning Sports Desk. This has been the MSD for Friday, January 26. The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and wadinaradio.com.